What is up, my dudes and ladies? I'm Nate Houseman, your guy to the 25th, the 21st century, and we got to talk about Disney. We got to talk about their week from hell, their summer from hell, their year and a half from hell. Things have just blown up since the whole Reedy Creek, um, don't say, you know, don't say gay bill controversy in Florida, and it's really ramping up just in this last week because they have... Disney had their quarterly earnings report last Wednesday. It's a Thursday morning as I record this. And all of a sudden, they're facing fresh controversy over the uh, Snow White and the White and the Seven Dwarves live-action remake over their nitwit lead actress. They're getting sued by a major Hollywood financier. And... They're all struggling over the uh, Hollywood actors and writers strike. So we're going to look at a series of articles here, just looking at Disney's string of calamities, their death by a thousand cuts. Before we get into that, if you find this content valuable, please like, share, and subscribe. Subscribe on whatever platform you're watching this on, either Rumble, Odyssey, or on podcast. Share it with your you know friends and family and Give it, a, give it a thumbs up. First of all, fresh controversy over Disney's Snow White remake as Rachel, as star Rachel Ziegler, reveals she hated the original 1937 cartoon and its stalker prince whose weird storyline won't feature in new movie. So, so many, so many um, YouTubers and Rumble, pod, Rumble denizens and podcasters have Red Rachel's equal the riot act. You know, you, you see this young lady, she's you think she would be hot if she she would be, be uh, she would be attractive if she wasn't such a ditz, if she wasn't such a toxic, you know, rat. But let's just read the first few paragraphs here. Snow White star Rachel Ziegler has stirred fresh controversy after several videos of her trashing the original cartoon version of the movie resurfaced online. The 22-year-old actress revealed she hated the Disney's original 30, 1937 classic and its stalker prince, whose weird storyline won't feature in the new movie, in a series of interviews that have sparked anger on social media. Disney has produced a number of live-action remakes of its beloved classics in recent years, with casting and creative decisions sparking debate and often causing discontent among fans of the originals. Uh, the most recent boondoggle was Little Mermaid. But the backlash against Snow White, the Snow White film has been particularly pronounced on account of several diversions from the classic Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. For example, this reboot is titled just titled Snow White, on account of the studio opting to replace the Seven Dwarfs with magical creatures for the uh, remake, causing a furor among fans hoping the reboot closer to the original. There's that infamous shot of Ziegler in her Snow White costume. Critics were particularly vocal in 2021 when Disney announced the Latina actress have been chosen to play Snow White, despite the story being about a traditionally fair German princess described as, as being whiter than snow. As a result, Ziegler has been the target of a combination of disgraceful racist trolling online and comments questioning Disney's casting decision, comments that the actress herself has responded to. And... Let's see here. Do I want to read this whole article? It's pretty lengthy. Well, um... You get you get the gist. She's said a lot of she said a lot of things. She's um 
she she called the she called Prince Charming a stalker in the original. She uh during the during this whole writer strike and actor strike, she said, "Oh, if I have to stand in this, you know, cockamamie dress for eighteen hours, I deserve to be paid residuals." Let's see here. What else has she said? Whether her character finds love, she said, is anybody's guess until 2024. Uh, she's had... The original came out in 1937, and very evidently so. There's a big focus on her love story with the guy who, who literally stalks her. Weird. Weird, she said. So we didn't do that this time. Extras TV reporter, this is at the uh, D23 event last last fall. Extra TV's reporter tried to answer if that meant the prince has been totally removed from Disney's live-action remake. It's one of those things that everyone's going to have to have their assumptions about what it's actually going to be, but it's really not about the love story at all, which is really, really wonderful. So, speaking alongside her co-star Gal Gadot, who will take on the role of the evil queen, Ziegler said that Snow White is not going to be saved by the prince and not someone who's going to be dreaming about true love. She's dreaming about becoming a leader she knows she can be, and the leader that her late father told her that she could be if she was fearless, fair, brave, and true. In a separate interview with Entertainment Weekly, again sitting alongside Gal Gadot, Ziegler said that the original was extremely dated when it comes to women being in roles of power, telling the reporter that she had only watched it once. So, she's dumping on a timeless classic, and the whole point of timeless classics, as Aspen Hill vs. Babyface says, eight. They present, they they portray values, human values that are timeless. They stand the test of time. They don't age. I mean, they're common through all to all people throughout history. What makes Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, the original Disney animated film, such so beloved, was that it was the, it was a, it was an innovation at the time. It was the very first you know feature length animated film. It was a real big, really big gamble for Walt Disney and his studio because they borrowed they borrowed a bunch of money to make it, and if it wasn't a success success at the box office, that would have been the end of the company right then and there. And every you know, everyone wants to find you know, have, you know, a fulfilling a fulfilling healthy relationship. That's everyone. That's why love stories. That's why fairy tales, you know, speak to the human condition. Even when you're a little kid, before you even know about the birds and bees, you know, you see your parents, you know, you're supposed to know, you're supposed to see what a healthy, you know, heterosexual relationship is like and how it's so, you know, natural for the common order, for for the, for the God's plan. And people know right from wrong, from wrong intuitively. We call it the law of nature because people know it by, you know, know it by nature. The whole woke entertainment phenomenon really that took place since 2015, 2016 goes against people's notions of right and wrong. And that's why you have channels like Nerdrotic, like Geeks and Gamers, like Doomcock, like Midnight's Edge on YouTube, bang the drum about the corruption in entertainment and the corruption of franchises that we've loved for decades and it really is an attack not just on entertainment but on western civilization on western culture the things that make western culture so vibrant so you know thankfully eastern culture has has escaped a lot of this 
you know, manga and anime from Japan are doing gangbusters in sales and in TV ratings. I'm watching, I'm going through old episodes of Super Sentai, which was like the original Japanese version of Power Rangers. It's so much better than, you know, the Americanized bastardation, you know, perversion of the, of the franchise. So it's, people know right from wrong. So we're going to look at more of these um, Disney, Disney boondoggles. If you like what you, um, if you want to support the program, go ahead to my website, neathouseman.net. I've got a merch shop where I sell where I sell shirts, hats, and mugs, and I've also got a resources page with links to um various you know or with affiliate links to various resources to help you uh, deal with these um this crazy economy that we're that we're suffering through right now. One of those resources is iTrust Capital. It's a it's an investment platform to um move to a, build up your retirement plan in gold, silver, and also cryptocurrency. The standard, you know, stalwart proven cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ether, um, Polkadot, whatever, that has that have been proven to uh, be good performers. You know, so much of what's happening in Hollywood and also in a lot of world corporations like Target, Bud Light, they they've been hijacked by money managers and institutional investors like BlackRock and Vanguard that really control the uh, shares of these corp- of these corporations and thus control the corporate board of directors and force all this woke idi- idiocy onto these companies. And the worst thing about it is these financial institutions use your retirement money your retirement plan to uh to do this they're the ones who manage your 401k or your ira so either people are going to have to um file a class action lawsuit against these uh money managers over their fiduciary duty or they're going to have to move their you know retirement out of something other than corporate stock and that you can do that by rolling over your retirement plan into crypto and precious metals so click on the link to iTrust Capital, if you're so inclined, talk to your financial advisor first. But you can start. You can you can roll over your your um, retirement plan into a crypto and precious metals IRA and take control of your financial future. And you'll be supporting this program as well. So let's get let's really get started in earnest here. Branding expert warns. Rachel Zingler could sink the Snow White film. This is from Outkick. Disney has recorded around $900 million in losses over its last eight films, a trend it hopes to reverse by the time it reaches it releases the live-action film Snow White in March 2024. Yet branding expert Carlos Spite warns the film could instead escalate Disney's struggles. Specifically, she says comments from actress Rachel Zingler, who will play Snow White, could cut off longtime fans of the franchise. According to Spite, while it's been clear that the original Disney Princess films hold old values, Disney have fallen for the trap that of going to the opposite extreme to inflict strong and loaded messaging on the viewers, believing that's empowerment. There was a time when Disney actors were media trained and were thoughtful about the, of the impact of their words, while sticking to the key messaging about the films. 
But it seems with this total rewrite of Snow White, picturing her as a boss girl has gone to the heads of their stars. Disney will need to be careful with how they have portrayed Snow White and what they do and don't allow their actors to say about it going forward. They simply cannot repeat the same mistakes and allow their actors to be so vocal in their own personal opinions during promotions. It can have a huge impact on ticket sales, especially on the amount of negative backlash so early in the promo trail. And it's not just going to hurt you know, them at the box office. It's going to hurt them in the brand, even more so than they've been hurt so far. You know, Disney's two biggest moneymakers are their parks and ESPN. And ESPN has its own trouble with the, um, the whole cord-cutting movement. It's like, live sports is still, is still a draw for cable and satellite, but streaming is cutting, eating into that so much. And Disney's other brands, like the classic fairy tales, like Mickey and Minnie, like Marvel and Star Wars, they drive a lot of the uh, merchandise sales and a lot of the um, attendance at the theme parks. Theme parks are down this summer. The theme park attendance is down this summer. I've heard it's also somewhat down at Universal, but it's really bad at 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 Disney in uh, Florida. So I think a lot of a lot of international travelers who go to uh, Disney World as their major vacation destination, they're gonna think twice about spending that money. You know, there was a big rush after 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 the COVID lockdowns where they, you know, where they fulfilled their uh, vacation plans from earlier, but things are drying up bad. So, and just more, you know, examples of Ziegler running her mouth off. I don't want to read all of it because it's so cringe, but curious something else that's really cringe. Disney partners with a gender-fluid TikToker to sell Disney-branded clothing to young girls. This is from the Daily Caller. Uh, Disney, style, Disney Style partnered with TikTok influencer Sean Altman, a biological male who identifies as gender-fluid, to market little girls' attire on social media. Per the usual arrangement, here's a biological man getting the opportunity to model women's clothing instead of a woman modeling women's, women's clothing. So... Another example of men intruding into women's spaces. But what's really what's really creepy is this grown man. He looks like he's at least it looks like he's over 18. He's pitching these products to young girls. That's that's the whole reason why Bud Light's getting boycotted. Dylan Mulvaney, this you know, in addition to being super, super cringe and mockworthy. What really pissed people off about him was he spent 365 days of girlhood where he pretended where he was a pre-adolescent girl, like maybe 11 or 12 years old, when he was at least in his late 20s. So, creepy as hell. That's a short article, but this has further damaged the brand, and people are going to give Disney the Bud Light treatment if they haven't already. They're giving it the Bud Light treatment at the uh, parks. I find this interesting. This is from Newsweek, why Disney can't make hits like it used to. And this is really signaling that it's okay to uh, go after Disney now. This M Newsweek is a mainstream left-wing 
legacy corporate media outlet if there ever was one. But you're seeing a lot of, you know, mainstream outlets criticize Disney where they wouldn't have just a year ago. You know, Clownfish TV have, no, have noted this. But like the Hollywood trades, like Deadline and Hollywood Reporter and Variety, they're starting to criticize Disney openly when before they were a little too afraid to because Disney was such a powerhouse, was such, you know, a titan in Hollywood. And a lot of it has, has to do with the falling, the, the collapsing support of the box office. And really, be, you know, certain members of the establishment are realizing that the mainstream Western populace doesn't trust them anymore. So they're either going to stab each other, they're either going to throw each other under the bus, or they're going to um, flee, or they're going to try to... um. Yeah, throw each other under the bus. Here's another article from the Daily Mail. Disney's movie losses blamed on a tired franchises like Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is not tired. That's another timeless franchise. Too many superheroes and bloated blockbuster budgets. That's the real issue here. D Disney's budgets for their TV, for their movies, and for their programming on Disney Plus is so out of control. Um, Doomcock has... Um, chronicled what is called scrapbooking, where Disney Studios, they film multiple versions of each scene, and they almost go the uh, choose-your-own-adventure route where they plot multiple storylines and then pick and choose which scenes will make the final cut. It is so labor-intensive, it is so bloated, it's so time-consuming, it's a huge strain on the VFX artists, especially on Marvel. Marvel content, it's like even if even if these movies do moderately well by pre-COVID standards, they're still going to lose money because the budgets and marketing are so outrageous. And we're going to see there might be a reason, there might be a method to that madness and a, you know, a reason why they are spending so much. This This, this came out just a couple days ago. Disney sued by film finance partner TSG, which claims media giant used every trick in the book, Hollywood accounting book, to hoard slate profits. So TSG is a financier. They're they're another um like financial institution. You might think of them as like a money lender or maybe an angel investor. They invest in pro projects. Specifically, they were they were um investing in 20th Century Fox movies, but since Fox was bought by Disney in 2019, those 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 Fox projects have become Disney projects. And now TSG has realized is seeing that, oh, Disney is moving their money around. They're actually paying themselves. Uh, Mexican Iron Man says Disney has like multiple divisions that are count that are somewhat siloed, but they're actually paying each of these uh, divisions are actually paying each other and probably even studios within the divisions are paying each other. They're just moving around, moving money around saying, Hey, this was, um, this is profit sharing. And they're trying, they're doing this to get out of paying 
their share of the profits to their investors or their creditors. They're trying to hoard their money by spending it in-house. Echoing the Scarlett Johansson suit over the release of Black Widow across both movie theaters and on Disney Plus 2021, TSG contends that Disney made a number of movies aimed at feathering its own streaming nest. Read the lawsuit here. Warner Media, now Warner Bros. Discovery, faced similar legal blowback from longtime co-finance partner Village Roadshow over the day and date streaming release of The Matrix Resurrections, another movie, another film. So something tells me this isn't, you know, unique to just Disney. I think a lot of studios do this. But now that so many studios are consolidating, you know, Warner merged with Discovery, Fox merged with, with um, Disney, um, Paramount owns CBS and Viacom, or actually, they're just they're part of a big conglomerate. Uh, MGM is now owned by Amazon. So many, I think there are only like four or five major media companies left in America that control 90% of the uh, corporate media. As a lot of these mergers are, come, are, are taking place, I think we're getting these financiers, these money managers are actually getting an opportunity to see just how crooked Hollywood accounting really is. This probably isn't unique to Disney and it's probably not new to this, you know, the past few years. You know, I've heard stories where um, Peter Jackson got screwed out of his, you know, full, you know, payment from the Lord of the Rings movies because the studio said, Hey, they weren't that profitable. We don't have that money to give you. No, they were cooking the books. The accountants were hiding money in different places within the studio. It was a uh, new line at the time. And I think new line is owned by Warner brothers now, or they just got absorbed into it. So this has been going on for decades. And it looks like with the uh, strike, the strikes going on with both the writers and the actors. And the fact that it's taking it's been drawn out for so many months now and the American mainstream not giving a shit because they've got better things to do than watch crappy movies and TV. Hollywood's chickens are coming home to roost and the, the uh, money is drying up. The, the, the publicity is down. People are seeing, Hollywood actors for who they really are, thanks to social media. Um, they know who to. Tr- they know who they who really who's really on the ball. People people like James Woods and Kevin Sorbo and Mel Gibson and Chris Pratt. They see who the dipshits are, like Z- like Rachel Ziegler, and about ninety percent of ho- of the Hollywood A list. The people the people know what's what, and they are becoming more and more comfortable turning against the false gods of Hollywood, of really the establishment, all the brands that really we all grew up with since the 20th century and, and earlier. So we're going to look at some some instances where the um, chickens are coming home to roost and the turds are getting flushed. But first I want to mention, I have a locals page. Now you can comment on the... Um, video in the, in the comments section, whether you're watching this on Rumble, Odyssey, or on podcast. But I also have a lo- Locals page. And if you want to join in the conversation for um, 
subscription fee of just five dollars a month, you can post, you know, you can post whatever you want there. You can comment on stuff. And if I get if I gather enough, you know, supporters on here, I'll start making some exclusive content. Like we might do we might do some exclusive streams where I go over, you know, stories that I'll get to in videos or on the blog. I might do some game streaming. I haven't played games in so long and I really need to. I really need to catch up on the classics and catch up on all catch up on the indie scene. That's really fast. The, the whole indie retro gaming scene is really fascinating to me. I was I was a kid. I was around during the eight bit days of. I had a Nintendo. I had a six. I had a Super Nintendo. It's good times. But I'm having a great time on locals. I'm posting stuff on Salty Crackers page. I'm posting stuff on Camelot Fifty One's page, and those pages are a hoot. And I want the same for my page. And I want the same for you guys. So come join in. All right. This is from TMZ. Go away, pop up. Star Wars and ET producers list Malibu Estate for $18.5 million price tag. This is from a week ago, August 11th. This is the house of Kathleen Kennedy and her husband, Frank Marshall. Now, Kathleen Kennedy is the despised and reviled enemy, public enemy number one of Star Wars fans. She's the president of Lucasfilm, which you know, which is the current division of Disney Studios, and she ruined Star Wars. She ruined Willow. She ruined Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones 5, The Dial of Destiny, was a bomb of untold, unprecedented proportions. Part of that, you know, is because of the scrapbooking in which there were so many reshoots and so many such a patchwork method of filming that it went so over budget. It's, it was silly. It looks like, you know, that starting this year, Disney has been laying people off because they don't have the money to pay these, um, salaries, these salaries and wages anymore. And it looks, it looks like Kathleen Kennedy might finally have met her match. You know, she, you know, she she might finally she had an ironclad contract with Disney and that's why she held on so long. You know, there are a lot there are a lot of, you know, crooked producers, woke producers, woke directors, you know, they ruined Star Trek, they ruined DC Comics, they ruined the, they ruined the DC comic superhero movies, they ruined Marvel, Kevin Feige, Nitwit, par excellence. What makes Kathleen Kennedy so what makes the case of Kathleen Kennedy so irritating and so infuriating was she was George Lucas's and Steven Spielberg's, you know, <coughs> assistant since the early '80s, since since Raiders of the Lost Ark. She was along. She was she was right there alongside them through thick and thin, and she has utterly betrayed George Lucas's legacy and work. She is she. Bungled Star Wars. She mismanaged the um, the division, the production, the production company. She brought in a bunch of flying monkeys who trashed and ruined all the Star Wars content on on Disney Plus. She she has been public enemy number one of the fandom menace, the the fellowship of fans who 
or or campaigning against woke Hollywood. So she might have she might be finally getting her comeuppance. This this the fact that she's um selling her um beautiful prime piece of real estate in Malibu. Um, Dimcock was talking with a uh, Hollywood insider Cameron pa- Pasha Pasha, and this this type of house was like the top the top of the totem pole in Hollywood as far as like real estate. You don't give up something like this. This is a sign that she and Frank Marshall are probably fleeing town. They are not welcome in the uh, elite circles anymore. And so are a lot of her kind, like the uh, the woke, you know, nitwits who have run so many franchises into the ground. So it is becoming more and more acceptable to call, you know, these people out. It's becoming more and more acceptable to call out Bud Light, Target. What else is there? Uh, Best Buy is is in a lot of trouble right now because of uh, ESG, DEI, hiring practices. It's becoming more and more acceptable to call out Joe Biden. It's even becoming more acceptable to call out the Obamas. You've seen all the memes about Michelle Obama being a man. I've seen them all. It does my heart good to see them publicly shamed after the cult personality and horrendous damage Barack Obama did during his during his term in office. It was bizarre. And while it's becoming more acceptable to um, dunk on the establishment, a new grassroots movement is rising. We see here, you probably heard of this, Oliver Anthony play, has gone viral for his song, Rich Men North of Richmond. I've, I've, I've heard the song. It's, it's you know, in the grand tradition of folk, of folk music. And I'm not talking about the comp, the folk, the phony uh, folk music from America that was really communist propaganda. I mean, real folk music from like the old world. Talking about the uh, problems of the people and the elites and you're really you know speaking to the grassroots, you know the uh, the, the regular Joes. Uh, Oliver Anthony, I think he has a farm, and I think he's a farmer in Virginia, and he um. And this music's this music career is his uh, side gig, his side project. But man, he's he's going viral. I think he's number one on Billboard right now. And another piece of uh, independent media that's blowing blowing up, taking over the world is Sound of Freedom. I've talked about Sound of Freedom before. Uh, the Kate, you know, the movie about child trafficking, the true story of Tim Ballard. As portrayed by Jim Caviezel, it had to be it had to be crowdfunded because Disney actually had the rights to it after they acquired Fox, and they sat on it for five years. So they they kept it on the shelf. But now, Sound of Freedom, as of August fourteenth, defeats Indiana Jones five and total U.S. box office closes in on one hundred seventy five million dollars. So I mean, yeah, yeah, the fact you know that would have been you know average pre COVID. But now the fact that it's an independent film that had to be crowdfunded and jailbroken from Hollywood is doing this well. I heard it even beat um, the latest Mission Impossible movie as well. So a new power is rising. 
a grassroots power is rising. Word of mouth is driving this movie. And it is a good movie. I saw it, you know, a week after it came out. It, I almost cried a couple times because it was so powerful. And it's a story that needs to be told. You know, Jim Caviezel at the end of the movie said, we hope that this becomes the um, Uncle Tom's cabin of our day that addresses a real issue of modern-day slavery, modern-day human trafficking. And you're already planning the sequel, focusing on Haiti. This is another piece from the post-millennial. Sound of Freedom director teases sequel, focusing on Haiti. Um, what was his name? Alejandro Monteverde. I, 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 saw a, I saw a podcast hosted by Tim Ballard after, right after um, the, the showing of the movie at uh, Trump's estate. And uh, they had the rightful president, Donald Trump, on. And they had Mr. Monteverde on. And Monteverde wants to run for office in Mexico. And he says he's praying on it. He says he's um, thinking it over. But Alejandro Monteverde is one of the good guys. The fact that, you know, he made it such a well, well-made movie that talks about real issues. And he's someone deserving of our, our support, even if he's in another country. So we probably can't donate to his campaign because we're, we're foreigners, but we can spread the word about his next, his next project. So I will leave you at that. Like I said, the old media is dying. You know, whether we have, whether we still have Disney in the next coming decade or so, it's an open question because they've got a lot, they got a ton of financial problems. I haven't even talked about the, um, the, uh, their obligation to buy the rest of Hulu, which could cost between 10 to $30 billion of money they don't have by, by January of next year. But, um, Disney's in a bad way. Their only hope is to probably be able to borrow enough money to pay their obligations and hopefully have enough credit to um, carry them through their period while they're cleaning house, while they're flushing out the woke DEI and ESG employees who ran their country, who ran their company to the ground. So whether these old institutions survive and change their ways remains to be seen. But in the meantime, a new a new independent movement is rising. We've got Rumble. We've got YouTube. We've got podcasts. We've got small independent businesses who are finding success on publicsquare.com. We've got Bitcoin that's gonna and gold that are gonna replace, you know, fiat currency and defeat the whole central banking ball. Things are looking up. I mean, I always want to leave you on a high note, on some positive news. And this is it. So I will let you go. I'm in Houseman letting you know it's okay to stand up for yourself. Over and out.